Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thank you for joining us. For the first time, we are hearing tonight from two of the victims who were stabbed Sunday at the Light Up Chinatown Festival. That's right, the couple in their 60s suffered serious injuries. They are now recovering at home. And as Krista Dow reports, they say the attack happened so unexpectedly, their first reaction was confusion. He missed my back and then got my, got my arm. The attack came out of nowhere. I touched my back. I feel wet, right? We were breathing. So I covered it up and then I pushed my hand, giving her some pressure on the wound. These physical injuries will eventually heal, but it's the emotional scars, they say, that will stay with them forever. I keep watching people. I pay attention on those people's hands. What are they holding? I don't feel safe. Everywhere you go, you just be careful of somebody behind you or in front of you or beside you. You don't know, right? I totally changed. I, I, never had, I never had that feeling before. Global News spoke to the victims of Sunday's stabbing spree in Chinatown. The couple in their 60s didn't want to be identified because they fear for their safety. Now traumatized after a Sunday outing turned violent. When if he not hit my back, he hit me somewhere is more serious and then maybe, you know, I'm gone, right? The couple believes they were stabbed with a metal file. 64-year-old Blair Evan Donnelly is facing three counts of aggravated assault and remains in custody. In 2008, he was found not criminally responsible for the stabbing death of his 16-year-old daughter. I feel upset for this is very serious crime. Why they let him go out? A guy who had killed a daughter, right, his own daughter. I think the system is, is totally failed. They're questioning Canada's mental health and justice system, wondering why Donnelly wasn't supervised on Sunday. For me, I need freedom too. When I walk out, I feel safe, right? Not just walk out and then you just scared that someone might hit you again. Their sense of security now shaken. They say there needs to be real change in hopes of preventing future random attacks. Krista Dow, Global News. Well, despite his history of violence, Blair Evan Donnelly, the man charged in the triple stabbing, was out on a day pass from a psychiatric facility. Now, as Grace Key reports, community leaders are expressing anger over that situation, and BC's premier is promising action. I am so angry. I am white-hot angry that this person was released unaccompanied into the community to have a devastating impact on all of the hard work of all of these community members. Premier David Eby is voicing his anger over a triple stabbing at Sunday's Light Up Chinatown Festival in Vancouver. The suspect, 64-year-old Blair Evan Donnelly, was out on a day pass from a forensic hospital. I cannot fathom 
how someone who murdered his daughter was released in 2009, went out and stabbed somebody else, would then be released again, unaccompanied, somehow able to go out and buy a knife, go to Chinatown and stab three people. How is that possible? Donnelly was found not criminally responsible on account of mental disorder for the 2006 fatal stabbing of his daughter. He was sent to the forensic psychiatric hospital in Coquitlam, where the city's mayor says incidents like this are a failure of the mental health system. We need to make sure that these facilities have the medical resources to keep absolutely sure that this patient is ready for being out on alone for a day. In 2009, Donnelly was out on a day pass and stabbed another person. This latest incident now putting the hospital and BC Review Board under a microscope. And we're certainly calling on the Premier to make sure there's a full investigation uh, into how this could have taken place given that individual's uh, history. We will ensure that an independent person looks into the specifics of this case, the decision-making process, how we arrived at this awful place uh, for Chinatown, for the community, for the people who were attacked. And we'll make sure that there's nobody else uh, that's, in a, that's on a day pass that's in a similar situation to ensure that the community is safe. Uh, and that work is already underway. Donnelly has been charged with three counts of aggravated assault and remains in custody. Grace Key, Global News. Perhaps unsurprisingly, getting tough on crime is part of a public safety platform released by B.C.'s official opposition today. Keith Baldry joins us with more on this. Keith, what did the B.C. United Party have to say about potential policy changes today? Yeah, the big one is something they've been hinting about for some time. So back when decriminalization was first unveiled, the, the old B.C. United Party, the then B.C. Liberal Party, supported the plan as part of an all-party committee. But they've been bringing up the, the decriminalization plan in the legislature for months now, very critical of it, and hinting they were uh, support was shifting away. Today, uh, B.C. United leader Kevin Falcon making it official. The B.C. United Party now formally says the decriminalization program has to be scrapped. It's not working. He made that announcement on the front steps of the law courts in Vancouver today, but Public Safety Minister Mike Farnworth says it's hard to take that party seriously when it keeps changing its position on social issues such as this one. The reckless decriminalization of hard drugs like heroin, cocaine, methamphetamine, fentanyl, etc. has only thrown gasoline on a raging bonfire. And as a result, police have been forced to become the social safety net in the province. It's time for a decisive change that balances compassion and consequences and puts community safety ahead of the rights of an individual to reoffend. One day he and his party are in favour of decrim. Uh, now they're saying they're not in favour of decrim. Uh, at the same time, he said that he's in favour of overdose prevention sites. Uh, now he's saying he's, his caucus said, oh, that they're not in favour of that. He had to go out and correct and say he was in favour of that. So it's kind of hard to take uh, uh, Kevin C uh, Falcon seriously on these issues. Now, you can be sure this type of back and forth between those two gentlemen is going to continue here at the legislature when it resumes sitting for the fall sitting in October. Expect law and order, public safety, decriminalization, drug policy to be front and center on a daily basis in question period here. The government's going to be bringing in legislation to prevent drug consumption, open drug consumption in parks and schoolyards, but that's probably one of the key pieces of legislation. But expect BC United and other opposition parties to hammer away at public safety on a daily basis when the House starts sitting a couple weeks from now. Could be a lively debate for sure. Keith, thanks very much. Well, just a few days after Surrey residents and physicians staged a rally about the state of health care at Surrey Memorial Hospital, 
the province is finally breaking ground on a second hospital. It will offer much needed care in one of BC's fastest growing communities. But as Janet Brown shows us, it's not controversy. It was groundbreaking day for a second hospital in Surrey and a new cancer center. This will be the largest capital investment south of the Fraser in our province's history. The price tag, $2.88 billion. British Columbians have seen uh, the cost of everything uh, increasing dramatically, public and private projects alike. As early as last summer, the province had promised the new hospital to open by 2027 at a capital cost of $1.72 billion. Now the projected price tag has ballooned to about a billion over that for an opening date in 2030. I am just shocked and appalled. I can't, I'm still trying to get my head around how it could possibly escalate to $2.88 billion for 168 rooms. The new hospital will be located in Cloverdale at 180th Street, just south of Highway 10, but it won't have a maternity ward. That is something that we're going to have to keep talking about because the minister is going to have to look at that. Health Minister Adrian Dix says Surrey Memorial, Langley and Peace Arch hospitals meet the needs of the region with their maternity wards. The planning dictated that we, that we invest in, in maternity at those other sites. Surrey Cloverdale MLA Mike Starchuk, a former firefighter, says he's the only surviving member of his original fire hall with all the others dying of cancer and therefore feels he'll one day need the help of the new cancer centre. I think about the cancer centre that's coming here and how me, as a walking, talking, ticking, living time bomb, that maybe this is where I get my diagnosis and this is where I get my treatment. Dick says as Surrey's population ages, more cancer care will be needed. We're going to see an increase in the number of people over 80, about 240%. That means more age-related cancer. A second Surrey hospital has been on the books since 2005. Janet Brown, Global News. Another major health announcement today. British Columbians could find out next week when and how they'll be able to get the latest COVID-19 vaccine now that it's been approved by Health Canada. As Aaron MacArthur reports, the provincial government says it'll be ready to go as soon as supplies arrive. A very different situation than we were, of course, during the early... A sign of potentially what's to come. Health officials in Ottawa back to wearing masks. Updating the public on Canada's continuing response to COVID-19. Health Canada approving a new formulation of the Moderna Spikevax vaccine for use on everyone six months and older. Indicators are still at quite low levels and low to moderate in some areas. So we're just at the beginning, I think, of uh, this full winter uh, circulation. The updated formulation is showing good immune response against all the subvariants making people sick right now. Health Canada not calling this a booster, but an updated vaccine. It's not quite stabilized yet, but the idea is that we'll get to a place where it may be much like the flu vaccines, where people may be on a regular schedule. Health Canada has yet to approve any other vaccines for use. Approval of both Pfizer and Novavax are expected shortly. Provinces, including BC, expected to roll out both the COVID and flu vaccines, starting with the most vulnerable. Yeah, those working uh, in the healthcare system, living in long-term care, those uh, uh, who are clinically vulnerable, uh, 
who have issues with their immune systems will be first as they have been in the past, and then they, we will uh, work through everyone else. Vaccination numbers in B.C. vary. For people 18 and over, 93% have had at least one dose. 63% have had at least three. Kids much less well protected. Of kids 5 to 11, only 53% have one shot. For kids under four, that number drops to just 23%. This fall, the vaccination campaign will be conducted at pharmacies and in doctor's offices. The question now is how will that affect the uptake? My biggest concern is that there will not be the uptake that we need to consolidate the gains we've made. Both the flu shot and COVID shot should be available early in October. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. A life and death struggle to protect the family pet. I came home and uh, found uh, my dog lying in the gravel with a, a full buck on top of him. <laughs> how he fought off a deer to save the dog. And how you can spot aggressive behavior before it's too late. Next on the News Hour. A secret beneath the surface of Kootenai Lake and the risky dive to go and see it. Coming up on the News Hour. Welcome to your new home. <laughs> Plus, the PE Prize Home winner, his priceless reaction after seeing the house for the very first time. Right now, though, an NDP MLA on Vancouver Island is recovering tonight after a scary run in with a deer after it attacked his dog. It's a cautionary tale as experts say more animals are heading into communities looking for food and shelter ahead of winter. Kylie Stanton reports. Can we shake a paw? Pluto has always been quick to make friends, yes. winning over everyone he meets. But there has been one exception. I came home and uh, found uh, my dog lying in the gravel with a, a full buck on top of him. Adam Walker jumped in, grabbing the deer by the antlers, pulling up its head, allowing Pluto to run free. Buck was just full of adrenaline. I tried a couple of times to release it, hoping it would run away, and it came after me. This would go on for another 20 minutes before help arrived. My neighbor came over. Uh, she hopped in my car, and the two of us, I holding on to the antlers, sort of backed it up, and she with the car gave it little nudges. We got it to, to stumble into a ditch, and as soon as it lost its footing, it, uh, it, uh, it, it just carried on. Walker says the deer had been entangled in a nearby tree just before the attack. He had managed to set it free, thinking all was well. I thought I had a moment with this deer, and it, uh, it definitely wasn't the case. The ordeal left Walker with several puncture wounds to his leg. Pluto has opened wounds on his stomach. The BC Conservation Service was called to attend. From what I could see, um, you know, it's, it looked like the deer had been in there all night in that tree. The deer was likely very worked up. And uh, at this time of year, when they're just going into the rut, deer, especially bucks, can be uh, a little more aggressive than usual. While quite rare, it's not the first time something like this has happened. And experts say as we get closer to fall, it's up to the public to do their part. Just trying to keep all those attractants under control is going to keep those creatures away from your yards. So when an animal does come into a space, what we want to do is try to make sure they move on quickly. Walker admits he felt he had no choice but to grab the bull by the horns, so to speak. Grateful both he and Pluto made it out okay.
You grow up on the island and, uh, and you're around deer a lot, but uh, not like this. Kylie Stanton, Global News. Glad Pluto's okay. Well, animal protection officers have seized 16 Yorkshire Terriers and a pregnant Pomeranian from a breeder in the North Okanagan. The BCSPCA says the animals were in distress and kept in filthy crates covered in urine, feces and vomit. Upon further inspection, they were found to be suffering from badly overgrown nails, severely matted coats and major dental issues. The dogs were surrendered to the SPCA and will be available for adoption once they get the proper medical treatment. Animal cruelty charges are being recommended. Up next, the danger of e-scooters. A case in Kelowna highlights users and their risky behavior. Also tonight, net zero living. The Calgary family gunning for the grand prize in a national competition. Good evening and still seeing delays here in New Westminster due to a stalled dump truck southbound on McBride at Memorial Drive in the right lane. Today's Lotto Max jackpot is an estimated $17 million. Lotto Max, dream to the max. I'm Trish Jewison in Global One, high above a stalled dump truck in New Westminster. If you get global news from Instagram or Facebook, that has changed due to Meta's decision to block Canadian news in response to new government legislation. Easy access to important breaking news and information in Canada and about your community is no longer available on Meta platforms. Go to globalnews.ca and sign up to get news alerts delivered directly to you and learn about how Bill C-18 affects your access to Canadian news. A young woman is in critical condition after an accident involving an e-scooter over the weekend in Kelowna. The circumstances of this crash are still being pieced together, but it is serving as an important reminder about scooter safety. Claudia Van Emmerich reports. They are a popular way to get around, but an e-scooter ride turned tragic on Friday night near downtown Kelowna when a teen fell off of it, sustaining potentially life-threatening injuries. The 19-year-old Kelowna girl remains in critical condition at KGH, the circumstances of the accident still being investigated. She did fall off the e-scooter and right now she's in the hospital. So uh, we're just working towards trying to figure out what took place to cause this accident to happen. The girl was riding a rented Lime scooter. It's not known if she was wearing a helmet at the time. And while the scooters are all equipped with helmets, all too often riders are seen not wearing them despite it being mandatory. It was mandatory. Because we've seen other people ride around without the helmet, so I just assume that it's like a... Yeah. In a statement to Global News, the company said, we are deeply saddened by this incident and we wish the rider a speedy recovery. It's important to emphasize that such occurrences are exceedingly rare, with 99.98% of our rides worldwide concluding without any reported incidents. But police are concerned, saying that they have 109 files involving e-scooter incidents since July 1st of this year alone, from crashes to erratic riding to operating the scooter under the the influence. We do see it time and time again, people doubling, people riding them at high rates of speed, weaving in and out of traffic, riding them without helmets. These are all dangerous activities that are putting people's lives in danger. 
And RCMP aren't the only ones concerned, so are doctors. While too busy working in the emergency department today to speak to us on camera, Dr. Jeff Appler told us that he and his colleagues see scooter-related injuries here on a regular basis. He also added that he's been worried that it's just a matter of time before we saw a tragic case like this one. Epler believes the lack of helmet use and alcohol consumption are the two big risk factors for death or a potentially life-altering injury. E-scooters are, are like any other vehicle on the road. You're not supposed to be consuming any kind of narcotics or, or, or alcohol while you're using them. Uh, you are subject to the Motor Vehicle Act that we can charge you with impaired driving. RCMP hoping the most recent serious scooter accident will serve as an important reminder to riders to always be careful and ride responsibly. Claudia Manemmer, Global News, Kelowna. An Alberta family is going all out to go green, spending big and hoping to win big. They're competing in a Canada-wide contest to achieve net zero living. And as Gil Tucker reports, they're hoping to inspire others to do the same. He likes to get dirty. Yeah. He likes to explore. He's very curious. Just turned two. Jackson can't get enough of it. Kind of lived the dream for a little boy. Now he and his family are getting a chance to find out more about what's going on under that dirt. This is where all of our geothermal exchange system is. Using the heat energy out of the ground in the winter and pumping it into our house. And then in the summer, we're taking the heat energy and pumping it into the ground. Installed just over the past few days. Five holes and they go down 250 feet. A big project here in Samantha Shannon's yard in Airdrie. It actually ends up coming in underneath the flower beds here and goes into the utility room. Samantha and her family are among eight finalists in Live Net Zero, a national contest run by Canadian Geographic. Upgrading our windows, we've added insulation. Taking all kinds of steps to try to cut down their energy use. If everybody gets on board and does a little bit, uh, we can make a, a great impact. Also new, 42 solar panels. We're pretty excited about this. Hoping the contest will inspire others to get excited about helping the environment. The nice thing about renewable energy is that you don't have that fluctuating cost, you know? Like, that's so nice for budgeting. The Shannons are spending $135,000 going green, hoping to offset some of those costs by winning the contest's $50,000 grand prize. This has been an awesome endeavor. Bringing benefits that could make a difference for decades for people like Jackson. I hope, uh, I hope our kids have a nice earth to live in. Gil Tucker, Global News. Coming up, you could call him a flight fanatic. Once these films are in the landfill, they're gone forever. How he's single-handedly preserving BC's aviation history, amassing a loyal following on YouTube. Coming up on the News Hour. Plus, movement as medicine. A new study reveals the impact exercise has on young cancer patients. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
Good evening and good news. Traffic is steady in both directions over here at the Alex Fraser Bridge and just cleared a stall eastbound on the east-west connector before 8 Road. So traffic is starting to ease off there as well. Contact Kermac for expert windshield repair and replacement services while supporting Kermac Cares for Kids. Kermac is celebrating 50 years of collision and auto glass services and that's when Global One at the Alex Fraser Bridge. The BCRCMP is showing off its haul from the takedown of what they're calling a super lab for the production of fentanyl and methamphetamine. The investigation started back in 2018 and led to a raid of the lab near Lumbee. Inside, police found drugs and precursor chemicals with an estimated street value of more than $250 million. Police say the operation has kept millions of doses of potentially deadly drugs off the streets. Not only has this enforcement action by BC RCMP Federal Policing prevented many doses of potentially deadly drugs from entering our communities, it has sent a strong message to criminal networks that they will be relentlessly pursued and brought to justice for their role in the ongoing drug crisis. In August, 38-year-old Robin Lee and 33-year-old Trent Anton Fusey were the last two suspects to be convicted in connection to the raid. Both were sentenced to 11 years in prison. A team at the University of Calgary is hoping a new study will change the way exercise is incorporated into kids' cancer care. As Global's Megan Cobb reports, researchers are using a new personalized approach to keep youth active during treatment. Mira, look at your balance. That's amazing. Mira Penny and Emma McLaughlin have been exercising together for the past three months. Usually they meet online, but in person. They can both see Mira's progress. I think it's just doing it and knowing that I can do it that's the most rewarding. Last August, Mira had surgery to remove a brain tumor. Her first round of chemo went well, but an infection kept her in the hospital for three months. And that's when she met Emma. It was always fun to log on and just see Emma's smile and have fun exercising with her. It's part of the University of Calgary's IMPACT study, a new program aiming to show the benefit of physical activity during cancer treatment for youth. The idea comes following other research showing kids diagnosed with cancer often become sedentary. By giving them that exposure as they go through treatment, we hope to alleviate some of the usual decline that will naturally happen and then build that mindset in them that they can persevere. The 12-week program follows a set protocol developed by researchers, but is individualized depending on the child's interests and treatment plan. The only goal? To move their body. We do tailor it based on how they're feeling. So some days that might be us um, sitting in a chair or laying in bed versus some days us standing as well. So it's really driven, um, driven by the kids. Should we try some for our legs? The okay. team at the U of C is interviewing healthcare professionals, patients and family members throughout the program. To gauge the benefits beyond the physical. We would do a session with Emma and she was like, oh, okay, well, you know, maybe I do have the energy. Maybe I will do, I can draw, I can color, I can do that. And so just the, for the little mindsets that, um, it was huge. Yeah, that's gotten so good. I love that jump. That's amazing. Megan Cobb, Global News. Coming up, a phone call he never expected. What are they calling me for? Oh, did I win uh, an electric scooter or something? In fact, he won something much bigger. Up next, the PE Prize Home winner gets a first look at his new digs. Plus, the stern wheeler that sank to the bottom of Kootenai Lake more than a century ago, and the treacherous dive to record its condition.
Ten years of headlines. Ten years of stories. Ten years of being there when BC needs us most. Ten years of around-the-clock breaking news. Ten years of BC One. A night watchman from New Westminster received a call that changed his life. As you heard live on the news hour around this time last night, Mark Zappa is the lucky winner of the Peony Prize home. And shortly after that call, Zappa got his first tour of his new home, and our Travis Prasad was there for that memorable moment. Pulling up to his new digs for the first time. Welcome to your new home. <laughs> New Westminster resident Mark Zappa is the proud new owner of the $2.3 million PNE prize home. Oh, man. The 53-year-old bought his prize home lottery ticket before the PNE opened for the season. Until now, he had no idea what the three-level, 3,700-square-foot house in Langley looked like. Well, of course, it's still sinking in. I'm very happy, but it's, uh, I'm not even sure I'm 100% sure I'm awake right now. Um, it's very wonderful. I mean, the place I live, I've been wanting to move for a long time. Come on upstairs. Okay, we'll show you all the bedrooms that we have. Thank you very much. He's currently renting a one-bedroom apartment and never thought he'd be able to own his own home in B.C.'s pricey housing market. Now you know that you are in the primary suite. The house and its location could not be better. If I could have bought a place and chose where to live, I think I probably would have chose Langley. Because I did live here in, uh, for about five years, back around 2000. Shower, double vanity. Zappa works graveyard shifts doing security and was nervous about asking to leave work early to be handed the keys to his new home. I should have realized a little sooner that my boss probably would understand given the circumstances. So, and he did. So I had to ask how long I'd be, a couple hours, and so that's fine. So it's no big deal. This year marked the 89th annual prize home lottery. 751,000 tickets were sold, making this winner a very lucky man. So we're very grateful, very excited. I'm very glad to meet Mark and, uh, and so excited uh, to welcome him to the neighbourhood. All the neighbours have been out on the street uh, waiting to meet him, so it's, it's wonderful. So far, Zappa says he doesn't have a favourite part of the house because every last corner is incredible. The single man is looking forward to settling in with his two pets, a cat and a rat. It's amazing. It's amazing. Thank you again, everyone involved. Oh, man. And we wish you all the best. Thank you so much. Travis Prasad, Global News. Enjoy those bubbles. That's a party waiting yeah. to happen at that house. No kidding. All right. Uh, Christy is here now with a look at our weather forecast. What's happening, Christy? Well, rain is happening. Not enough, that's for sure. We know we need days of rain, but even when I looked at the totals that fell today, it was really minimal, but nonetheless, higher relative humidities and some moisture, certainly cloud cover and cooler temperatures were welcome news. You can see a few isolated uh, lightning strikes in with this. Now, overall, this is going to shift out overnight tonight. We're expecting still cloud cover tomorrow morning, but a clearing trend on the way, and then that ridge of high pressure is set to build. So let me show you, oh, I wanted to show you the numbers, sorry. 
forgot about that. Um, so a below seasonal for coastal regions or near, but below in some areas like Comox at 16 degrees. That's chilly for this time of year. And, and for those of you in the interior dropping down to near seasonal values. But again, we're going to climb out of that as this ridge of high pressure builds. So here's a quick look. So using coastal regions as an example, we are expecting a transition day tomorrow, but then we're going to see heat more like uh, sort of summer like weather that we should be enjoying. We still have it's not till the 22nd that we officially change over to fall. So some sunshine on the way and then we're going to see a drop and that brings in the potential for moisture for the south coast, but not necessarily for those of you in the interior. And the drop in temperature will be substantial or looks like it will be substantial. It's still days away. But in the meantime, we still have a good significant uh, number of days of heat and dry weather on the way. All right. So here's a look at your Wednesday, everyone. We're expecting uh, just a chance of showers across the north coast region, but otherwise anywhere that you see cloud cover is just through the morning hours and then it will clear out. So highs warming up. We're expecting uh, 20 to 23 degrees or sorry, 19 to 22 degrees across Metro Vancouver. Even warmer still Thursday and Friday, Saturday also looking really nice before a chance of rainfall shifts back in on Sunday. All right. Tonight's center windows weather window comes to you from Oak Bay, Victoria, where uh, Dean captured this moment during sunrise looking out towards Mount Baker. Just stunning. Thanks, Dean, for that. That is incredible. Thank you, Christy. Mm -hmm. Very cool. All right. 125 years ago, a sternwheeler sank in Kootenai Lake, taking nine people on board to a watery grave. Nearly 100 years later, the vessel's location was finally detected, 360 feet below the surface. And now, as Catherine Urquhart reports, a team of divers is documenting the condition of the wreck. She was built in 1892 to help transport goods and passengers on Kootenai Lake. At 25 metres long, the SS City of Ainsworth would carry up to 80 passengers who enjoyed a dining room and men's saloon. That is, until one tragic day in 1898 when nine people died. This was the only major ship that went down at Kootenai Lake in which lives were lost. Any other paddle wheeler that sank, everybody survived. Recently, Brian Ned Whitney was part of a four-person team of divers to visit the wreckage and record its final resting place, more than 100 meters below the surface. This is what remains of the sternwheeler, whose whereabouts were unknown until 1990. Dives were done on it in 1997, but today's advanced technology is now helping to provide these incredible images of the wreckage. The upper deck is totally collapsed. The main deck is collapsed on the starboard side, and the only thing really left standing is the wall on the port side with a door and a window. And of course, the paddle wheel is intact as well. Why did she go down? After being caught in a storm in the middle of Kootenai Lake, she couldn't generate enough power. Some passengers panicked and jumped into lifeboats, which were swamped. The compromised vessel survived the storm, but later sank. The site is protected under the Heritage Conservation Act. And now... This determined team of divers is sharing their rare underwater glimpse into a fascinating part of BC history. Catherine Urquhart, Global News. Not easy to get down there and back. They actually had to inhale helium. 
to get make it down and back up. So if they said anything, does that mean? <laughs> Would have sounded funny. Yeah. <laughs> sounded funny. Ten percent oxygen and seventy percent helium or something like that. Weird mix. So All right. My head goes anyway. <laughs> Same here. Squires here with a look ahead to sports. Okay, so um, let's see. Whitecaps are up. Aaron Rodgers is down. There, those yeah. two things we'll talk about on the sports uh-huh. tonight. Down for the count. Okay, thanks, Squire. Also tonight, this is a good one. Air Canada DC863. The BC Aviation Buff preserving the past with a collection that just keeps getting better. Rest is good. Yes, for the Whitecaps it certainly is because yeah. they've been on the road for a while and then they go back on the road after this little rest starting this Saturday. Mm-hmm. And uh, this Vancouver Whitecaps roster is the best one we have seen since the Whitecaps joined Major League Soccer. They had some pretty good ones back in the NASL days, that's for sure. It's not perfect, but it's deeper than anything we've seen before. And it really added quality when it picked up Richie Larea and Sam Atacube, who, of course, are both Canadian internationals. And even though the Caps have stumbled badly at times this summer, there have been some dreadful games, Vanny Sartini feels that this team, rounded in the form, or if you like, got a lot hotter when the weather began to warm up. To be honest, we have been playing very well since June. Yes, since the start of June, the Whitecaps have five wins, three ties, and three losses in MLS competition. And during that stretch, Vancouver also won another Canadian championship. But what's been different in a good way is Vancouver has been doing well away from BC Place. Seven out of nine points in its last three road games. That's the reason why the Whitecaps are sitting in a playoff spot right now. I think, uh, you know, settling into the, the, th- the formation we've been playing, the three at the back, and um, everyone knows their role, everyone knows what's expected of them, and also, you know, the addition of Richie and Sam's big for us as well. So um, there's that, and I think there's an added belief around the group right now that, you know, we're capable of going and getting results away from home, which was a problem before. I think you've seen the resilience of the group. You know, I think you're going to need... You're going to need a bit of this uh, resiliency if you're trying to, you know, go far in the playoffs. But first you have to make the playoffs. And the Whitecaps still have four more in a row on the road, starting in Toronto on Saturday. Now, making the playoffs isn't the only question mark that hangs over the Vancouver Whitecaps. The other one concerns head coach Vanny Sartini. He is in the final year of his contract. Now, as you'll hear him say... He wants to remain the head coach of the Whitecaps because it's not likely he's going to get a job as a background singer or a backup singer with Nickelback. Not happening. But he and the Whitecaps have been talking a lot about a possible new deal. Things are going well on the field. Things are going well off the field. So I hope that uh, we can reach a solution soon. So uh, I'm happy here. So let's, uh, let's try to be here as much as we can. But there have been some thoughts that maybe management wants to see how the Whitecaps go the rest of this season before signing Vanny to a new contract. 
Of course, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that's. Uh, I think it's. Uh, we're always we're in the business of results. So, uh, yeah, like, uh, like uh, the more results I get, the more chance I have to stay. Let's say like, let's say like this. <laughs> All right. So, how long did Aaron Rodgers last as the Jets' starting quarterback? I would say basically a New York minute. Four plays into being the Jets' new pilot. Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles tendon. For long-suffering New York Jets fans, it seems appropriate. They have struggled for years to find a star quarterback. And when they get a surefire Hall of Famer, he gets an injury that could end his career, especially considering he's 39 years old. Zach Wilson, whom the Jets drafted second overall only two years ago and basically lost confidence in him, is now the Jets starter again. Aaron Rodgers is going to need surgery. I feel more for Aaron than anyone. I, you know, he he is he's invested so much into this organization, so much into this journey that he's he's embarked on, and and wanting to uh, to be a part of uh, what we've got going here, and uh, and how much he's invested in not only this organization but his teammates, himself, this fan base, the city. Um, you know, so I I have a a lot of uh, emotions for him. Northwest Championship Series. Seas won the first half. They're taking on Everett. Tonight is game one. Tomorrow in Everett is game two. Then they come back to Nat Bailey. Game three on Friday. And if they need a game four or five, both of those would be on the weekend at Nat Bailey Saturday and Sunday. Man Cup's going tonight. Game four in New West at Queens Park Arena last night. The Salmon Bellies had a rough start as Six Nations took a 5-1 lead after the first period. But the Bellies We've played well in this series, really, but Six Nations is just that much better. New West outscored Six Nations 6-2 in the second. It was 7-7 going into the third. There was only one goal in the third period, Lyle Thompson. So Six Nations is up 3-0 in the best of seven. There you go. Thank you very much, Squire. Up next, how a plane spotter's aviation obsession took off and became a full-fledged career. This is BC is brought to you by Johnston Meyer Insurance Agencies Group. 50 years of trust in your community. From the stories that affect us all to a look at what's happening right now around us. When BC needs to connect, BC turns to the source that brings us together. Global News. Jordan Armstrong is here now with a preview of what's coming up on Global News at 11 tonight. Jordan? Chris, before I tell you, I'll begin with a warning. If you're just finishing dinner and you don't like rodents, look away for about 17 seconds. At 11, what's fueling the local rat boom? Pest control experts point to a perfect storm of factors, some environmental, some legislative, some to do with human behavior. At 11, which communities are seeing a dramatic surge in rat activity and the best ways to keep them out of your life? That's tonight on Global News at 11. Chris. Can I look back now? Yep. Safe okay. to look. It's good. Thank you. Thanks very much, Jordan. I didn't look away. <laughs> All right. To call Henry Tenby a plane buff is a bit of an understatement. The aviation historian knows everything about Canadian flight and has amassed a remarkable archive of photographs, video, and information. And as Jay Durant shows us on This is BC, it's a trip back in time to the golden age of flying. My goodness, we left old bear in the plane. That was 
Air Canada's entire archive converted to digital. Just one of the many tasks Henry Tenby has taken on to help preserve Canadian aviation history. Once these films are in the landfill, they're gone forever. So I want to find old films and, and have them live on. Excellent. It's a lifelong passion that started when he was a kid, watching planes on the old outdoor observation deck at YVR. Watching airplanes behind glass, soundproof glass, is nothing compared to being 50 feet off the side of the wing when they're starting engines. From shelves so full of display models. Original 1950s casting. To so cases packed with here. classic slides. Air Canada DC-863. Tenby has been tracking the evolution of airlines, amassing a huge assortment of photos, film and video to go along with his own personal collection. It evolved from the point and shoot camera to 35 mil, then it evolved from negatives to Kodachrome slides, then to video. Meet the air stewardess. His YouTube channel has followers from around the world. To become a stewardess, a girl must go back to school. The girls put in some hard studying with weekly tests in every subject. This is the Airliners Live show. My name is Henry. Once a week, he hosts a live stream of the air traffic at YVR. Like a narrated sports event, you're watching the airplanes landing and take off. A330, probably heading to Toronto or Montreal. There's more efficient aircraft to develop. Tenby's extensive aviation compilation is growing all the time. It's never ending. I've got uh, a whole cabinet filled with 16 millimeter movies that I've still got to digitize. A labor of love to share the history of flight. That's what makes up my life. It makes up my passion. It makes up my what I do for work. It makes up where I, what I, where I travel. It's how I live my life, and I just I just love it. Jay Durant, Global News. If you know someone who has a great story to tell or something unique to BC or footage like that, email your ideas to Jay at thisisbc at globalnews.ca. There was no flying into the wild blue yonder on the south coast today, but maybe in the next couple of days, Christy can <laughs> mm -hmm. have the last word on weather. Yeah, so we may wake up to a bit of cloud cover tomorrow, but that will clear quickly and we've got, well, three to four days of sunshine on the way with temperatures climbing to above seasonal values. Back down though on Sunday with a chance of showers, but that's still a few days away and as we well know, we do need the rainfall. We do. Flying into the wild yeah. grey yonder. Grey yonder on Sunday, <laughs> definitely. All right, thanks Christy. Thanks for watching everyone. Have a great night. Good night all.